with the third pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Sam Darnold, quarterback, USC. Back to throw is Darnold, looks left, has time, looks over the middle, fires one down the left sideline, towards the end zone, Robbie Anderson, he's got it, that's a Jet touchdown. Darnold takes the snap, looks right, throws right, up the middle, he's got the ball, pal, in stride at the 15, at the 10, he's into the end zone, that's a Jet touchdown. Sam Darnold hit him in stride. Winning a Super Bowl is everyone's goal, everyone on the team wants to win a Super Bowl, anything short of that is a failure, and whatever my role is, I'm going to star in that role to work us towards that Super Bowl. One, two, three. And the home of the Jets. This is the Gangrene Nation Podcast with Michael Day. It's Thanksgiving week. Hello and welcome back to the Gangrene Nation Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Mania, and... Last night, obviously, the Chiefs and the Rams went at it in one of the most incredible regular season games in the history of this league and a perfect representation of this new modern NFL high octane, uh, fast paced scoring. Just it was so much fun to watch. And sometimes it's crazy as a Jets fan to watch games like that and actually understand that those teams are playing the same sport in the same league that the Jets are. I mean, two teams scoring 50 points. In the same game. It's never happened before. The Jets uh, seem like they're going to struggle. There are 105 combined points in this game. It seems like the Jets are going to have a hard time scoring 105 points over the rest of the season. So anyway, Chiefs and the Rams, incredible game last night. But today I want to talk about a piece that I published today at Gangrene Nation. Uh, yesterday I put out a poll asking fans to grade each player on the Jets, uh, their performance through the first 10 weeks of the season up to the bye week. Uh, over this 2018 season on a scale of 1 to 10. So uh, we'll start from the bottom here. Uh, we'll go over uh, from the bottom to the top, looking at the list in order, how the community graded the top and best and worst players on the Jets so far in this 2018 season. So we'll start at the bottom with number 39, Spencer Long. Uh, and the players on this list also are offensive and defensive players who played at least 100 snaps and the three core special teams players. So a total of 39. So we'll start at the bottom with number 39. That would be center Spencer Long with a 2.40. Uh, by a wide margin, Spencer Long checks in at the bottom. Uh, 39% of his votes were for a minimum score of one. That was the most votes any player received for any particular score. So Spencer Long, obviously fans not too fond of him with his struggle snapping the ball this season. And to boot, he has struggled in pass protection as well. So Long is pretty deserving uh, of that last place spot. So moving up to number 38, uh, no longer a Jet, Terrell Pryor with a 2.96 score. Uh, Pryor had a few big plays when he was with the team, but ultimately I think his effort was really questionable, especially and most notably in the first Miami game when he was running a little bit of a post route towards the end zone. He quit at, kind of quit at the top of his route, uh, let the DB make a play on the ball and left Sam Darnold hanging for an interception that actually looked like it was actually a pretty decent throw and decision by Darnold that really should have been a touchdown, but ends up as an interception. So Terrell Pryor's effort and performance were both questionable as a jet. So he checks in uh, as a second lowest player on the list. Number 37, lowest ranked defensive player and ironically the highest paid player 
on this team. That would be Tremaine Johnson. He gets a 3.13 rating. He actually received the second most uh, votes for a two grade behind Spencer Long. So Johnson, uh, he's only played five games this season, so half the time he's been out. And the other half, he's mostly been pretty bad. I thought he played decently in the first game against Miami, uh, matched up against Kenny Stills a lot in that one, and didn't give up a single catch at him. So that was a good game. But other than that, he's been really, really spotty. You look at his total numbers on the season. I have Johnson for allowing 11 yards a target this season, 16-23 passing for 254 yards, a 43% first down rate, and a 10244 quarterback rating and those are not the standards that he set for himself as a Ram back in Los Angeles and St. Louis and it's not what you pay what the Jets paid him to do this season so I think he's never going to be the second best cornerback in the league which is uh, how he's being paid he's the number two guy right now behind Josh Norman but I think that you expected him to carry over what he did in Los Angeles maybe getting the opportunity to press up more under Todd Bowles with the Jets, but he just doesn't seem to have the speed right now. So I don't know if maybe he's declining early or if he's still battling injuries. Obviously, he's been in now the lineup this season, so it'll be interesting to see post-bye week if he can get some of that speed back or if this is just going to be a continued issue for the Jets as they are stuck with him at least through 2019. So number 36, Jermaine Curse. I, I think if we took this vote at the start of the season and compared it to now, that Curse would probably be the farthest dropping offensive player. He had a pretty solid season last year, but this season the effort has been questionable. And when the Jets have really needed him to step up with Quincy Nunwan, Robbie Anderson out of the lineup, he hasn't been able to do that. You look at Curse's numbers on the season, 53 targets, 24 catches, 231 yards, no touchdowns. He's averaging under 10 yards a catch, and he's only catching 45% of his targets. His, His effort has been really poor, especially over the past few weeks. As a route runner, attacking balls uh, at the point of attack at the catch point, uh, he's been losing a lot of the 50-50 balls. And even in the Miami game, he had the most glaring issue was when he caught a wide open pass with standing standing out of bounds with two feet. It was for a veteran guy who one of the traits that you praise most about Curse is his savvy, his presence, and just how smart of a player he is. Uh, being able to contribute in the NFL this long as a guy who doesn't really have plus athleticism. So it's been a really disappointing outing for Kurtz and his inability to match what he did last season is one of the biggest reasons the Jets offense has underachieved so much and that Sam Darnold has had so much trouble. So we move on from Kurtz, number 35, Eric Tomlinson, obviously primary a blocking tight end, uh, doesn't really get too many opportunities as a pass catcher. Uh, Pretty much his only opportunities as a receiver are when the Jets use him for screenplays and which he leaks out uh, after an initial block and they try to catch defenses uh, by surprise with that. But uh, as a blocker, I think that Tomlinson isn't really good enough in order to legitimize the amount of snaps he gets as a non-factor as a receiver. Uh, His run blocking isn't as good as you would hope. I think he's, I think he's decent as a pass protector, but as a run blocker, he's pretty questionable. He doesn't get too much, power off the ball and on the move he's also pretty poor as a run blocker so Tomlinson checks in at number 35 another tight end at number 34 Jordan Leggett 3.5 rating up I think Leggett is a little bit underrated in that he's made some really nice run blocks this season against some really good players uh Calais Campbell Miles Garrett Cameron Wake he's made some really impressive run blocks on these guys but he struggled a little bit in pass protection 
hasn't done anything as a receiver. Um, his receiving numbers for the season, he's got six catches, 35 yards, one touchdown. So extremely quiet there. And obviously with the fans, that's what they're going to look at. And in this league that obviously we talked earlier about the Chiefs and Rams game, it's it's a passing league. So if you're not going to produce as a receiving target on offense, if you're on defense, if you're not going to produce as a pass rusher, your value is going to be really diminished. So uh, Leggett deserving that 34th spot. I think the Jets definitely, when they drafted him, expected him to be a receiving factor when the, when the Jets drafted him. And I think it's ironic, the player he's become. The Jets drafted him. His questions were his laziness, his effort, his blocking ability, and his pluses were his soft hands, his tremendous receiving production at Clemson. Those are the things that you liked about him, but he's been pretty much the opposite. He's produced a little bit as a blocker, but has done pretty much nothing as a receiver. So we'll see if maybe he could get going a little bit, because I do think that he has been missed a few times when open, especially in this previous game against Miami. But for the most part, the receiving production has been non-existent for Leggett. So number 33, third straight, third straight tight end, a 3.89 average rating through the community, Neil Sterling. I think early on you thought that Sterling was going to maybe be a favorite checkdown option of Darnold. He was one of the team's best receivers in the preseason and made a few catches in the Detroit game, but missed some time and he's been phased out in favor of Chris Herndon. And on the season, only six catches for Sterling for 47 yards. And he's probably the worst blocker of the four tight ends the Jets regularly play. So uh, I think Sterling definitely and... When you thought he's going to be that receiver for Sam Darnold, this is still a guy who ha- has been a journeyman, hasn't had a lot of production in his career. So it was still a gamble, even though that's his strength. He's a converted wide receiver, uh, came into the NFL at that position and converted. But So Sterling, I think, definitely has been phased out. He's been most negatively impacted by the emergence of Herndon. Uh, number 32, second lowest defensive player, would be rookie slot corner Perry Nickerson. He's got a 4.09 rating. Um I think Nickerson, he does have potential. He's athletic, and this is a guy who was playing outside corner in college at Tulane, has had to switch to slot corner here in the NFL. So it's a transition, and corner is a hard position to come right in and be great at if you're not a first-round pick who has the special athletic tools to adjust to the type of receivers that you're playing against in the NFL. So Nickerson has definitely had uh, some struggles transitioning. His numbers aren't too good. Two touchdowns, no picks. Targeting him in coverage, uh, 20 completions, 27 attempts, 8.4 yards per attempt. So he struggled transitioning, but it'll be interesting to see if he can maybe develop in the future. Uh, number 31, Jonathan Harrison, who subbed in for Spencer Long a couple of times a season, had a spot start in Chicago and this past week against Buffalo, uh, relieved him against Miami. Uh, Harrison hasn't really been good. In relief of Long, I mean, you can give him that he actually is a healthy player who knows how to snap the ball accurately, but in pass protection, he's struggled. I have him for a 6% pressure rate, which is even worse than Spencer Long has had, and he's not a good run blocker either. So moving up from Harrison, number 30, uh, Doug Middleton hasn't played since has, hasn't played much since Marcus May has returned, and when he's playing early on, I think he, he made some plays here and there, made some really impressive pass breakups in the end zone. But for the most part, I think Middleton struggled in relief of May. And I think having Marcus May back has been a huge plus for the Jets. And number 29 with a 4.41 average score would be outside linebacker Jeremiah Atauchu. And I think he's definitely flashed a little bit as a pass rusher. He's a guy who, he's a classic 
uh, athletic edge rushing prospect kind, kind of player. And obviously it hasn't really worked out for him too much so far. He's bounced around uh, from San Diego now with the Jets. Um, I don't think he's produced too much. Uh, he's had some opportunities here and there. He's got two sacks, only nine tackles, though. Only one tackle for loss. No starts in his nine games. So uh, it, he's been interesting to watch. But for the most part, I think he's just been a decent reserve. Uh, number 28, uh, James Carpenter, 4.51 score. Uh, Carpenter, and we knew that he wasn't a fit in this zone scheme. The Jets are trying to run. Uh, with their rushing attack, and he definitely hasn't been. But I think he's also kind of just dropping off personally. Uh, his athleticism seems to be down. His power, which used to be a signature part of his game, doesn't seem to be there anymore. And he, he was great in pass protection when he a couple of years ago when he first came over and was thriving as one of the better players on this offense. But even in pass protection, he's taken a step back. So uh, you look at his game-by-game performance this year. He's had some really solid games, but... He's had a lot more really, really bad games, too. So he's a free agent after the season. I would expect the Jets to move on from him. So number 27, 4.56 score from the fans. Buster Screen. Uh, I think he's been similar in his performance to Perry Nickerson this year. You compare their numbers. Nickerson, 124 rating against. Screen, 127. Nickerson, 8.4 yards per attempt. Screen, 9.1. So Screen's definitely struggled. I think that his greatest calling card is his ability to have that breakout game every now and then. You saw it last year against the Pats, the first time they met up uh, against Carolina. So he can have that game every now and then, as athletic as he is. He's capable of having that game every now and then where he's just a complete force everywhere making plays. And he hasn't had that yet, so it makes his numbers look pretty bad. But I think for the most part, this is a position the Jets probably should look at bringing somebody else in. Screen is actually a free agent after this year. So the Jets are going to have to make move at that position. As much as I like Nickerson's potential going forward, he's definitely not. He was a six round pick and he struggled a lot this year. So you can't just shoo him into the position unless you're completely confident he's going to be a confident starter at the position. So we'll see if the Jets believe that, but it slot corner is definitely a position. The Jets probably need to look into upgrading next season. One of many with all the cast base that they have. So number 26 Rookie defensive tackle Nathan Shepard with a 4.58 score. Uh, I think Shepard, I mean, his physical tools are there, and this is a guy who is already 25 years old, so the Jets drafted him as a very, very old rookie, which is a trademark of Mike McKagan, which is curious because you look at guys across the league that teams draft young and are producing at high levels at ages two, three years behind some of the guys the Jets draft, like Nathan Shepard, like Ardarius Stewart last year. So drafting old rookies, I think, is something that is one of one of the negative aspects of the Jets' draft philosophy. I think they draft too many older rookies, and it really hasn't panned out when they have drafted those guys. Marcus May is a major exception. He's done really well. But Nathan Shepard is another guy who's come in as an older rookie and hasn't really thrived. You look at his numbers this year, and he's gotten decent playing time. He's played about 35% of the defensive snaps this year. He's only got 11 tackles, no sacks, no tackles for loss, three quarterback hits, and five of those tackles were in this Bills game. So he had six tackles over the first nine weeks of the season as one of the primary guys on this defensive rotation. And obviously tackles don't tell the whole story. Uh, pressures are a huge part of it, but I don't think he produces much as a pass rusher either. He's rarely in the backfield. He struggles to win against offensive guards. He doesn't really have a go-to pass rushing move. 
that he could rely on. So he's struggled so far. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can progress going forward. He does have a lot of athletic potential, but again, he's an older rookie. He's already 25 years old. He's older than Leonard Williams. So we'll see where he goes going forward. But so far, Shepard's been really, really quiet. And number 25, Robbie Anderson, 4.62 rating. I think you look at Anderson's production this season. It's a fair spot for him. He's got eight first downs in the eight games he's played. That's one first down per game. Last year, he averaged 2.4 first downs per game. So his production has been, has been pretty much cut in half in terms of his first downs. His yardage, his yards per target is actually extremely similar. Uh, 8.25 this year, or 8.24 this year, 8.25 last year. So almost identical to his yardage. But his first down production is way down. And I think that's because he hasn't been getting hit deep and if he's not producing deep, he's not going to produce underneath. Last year, he was so good deep that teams were just giving him production underneath because they were so scared of him beating him deep. You look at the Chiefs game last year in which he caught eight passes for over 100 yards. Most of those yards were underneath, eight-yard, nine-yard, ten-yard curls just time and time again because teams respected his deep ball so much. And this year, the deep ball hasn't really been there because Sam Darnold missed him so much early uh, when Sam Darnold has seen Robbie open and thrown it his way. He's overthrown him a lot. So I think that the underneath production hasn't been there because of the struggles to find Robbie with the deep ball, mostly due to Darnold. So I think Anderson's performance in terms of what he can control hasn't been too much different, but his production has dropped off a lot because of an inability to get things going with Darnold. So let's move it along here. Number 24, Frankie Louvu, uh, reserve outside linebacker, made some plays early on, but hasn't done too much since. Number 23, would be Brian Winters, 4.65, and I think this is fair. He can make some really impressive splash plays here and there, especially uh, in the run game, but he does struggle in pass protection, and his run blocking is pretty inconsistent. Number 22, Calvin Beecham, 4.91 score. Uh, I think Beecham has been pretty good in pass protection this year. Uh, you look at the Jets' pass protection numbers compared to the rest of the league, and they're pretty decent when you stack them up overall. You look at the sack rate that they've allowed this season, the Jets have only allowed a sack rate of 6.9%, which is right in the middle of the league. So the Jets have been decent in pass protection this year, and I think Beecham is a big part of that. Run blocking is where the huge issues have been. Uh, that's where the Jets are kind of one of the worst units in the league, and the pass protection issues have come in bunches, especially with the Spencer Long debacles. But for the most part, I don't think they've been as bad in the pass protection game as they have in the run game, and Beecham is a big part of that. So number 21, we have Isaiah Crowell, the 5.08 average score, first guy above five. So Crowell, I mean, he had the game against Denver, which was great. But as we know, he's been very inconsistent outside of that Denver game. He's averaged only 3.3 yards per carry. Uh, he's only got 10 first downs over his last five games on 64 touches. And in comparison, in his two games back, Elijah McGuire's got 10 first downs on 19 touches. So McGuire's been, uh, Corral's been consistently outproduced this season outside of that one game. He's a boomer bust back, which is what we knew coming in. If the blocking is there, he has tremendous speed in the open field and power, but if it's not there, he's not really a guy who's going to create too much. Uh, he's not a good receiver. His pass blocking's destroyed them this season. It's been, his pass protection is really bad, but I think 21 is a good, or yes, 21 is a good spot. For Crowell, considering how high his highs have been in Denver against Detroit, but he does struggle in a lot of other areas. So moving into the top half of the list, number 20, we have 
nose tackle Mike Pinnell, and I think he's quietly been a pretty decent performer this season. And as as we said a few times, if you're not producing in the past game, it's tough to really stand out and have a really strong positive impact. But I think Pinnell's done enough in the run game to where he stands out. He's only played 175 defensive snaps, which is 25% this season, but he's done some good things with them. His play at nose tackle is really good. He's a good run defender, uh, 14 tackles. Most of those are stuffs this season, so pretty good run defense from Pinnell. So moving into the top half of this list, number 19, we have Brandon Copeland. And uh, I like what Copeland has brought this season. I think he's this year's David Bass. If you remember last year, Bass came in and was one of the team's sack leaders throughout the early part of the season, but then he slowly faded away, and the Jets still had pass rush problems, and I think Copeland's a similar boat. He's got a high motor. He's a decent run defender, and you look at his numbers this season, he's got three sacks, 23 tackles, six for loss, nine quarterback hits. Good numbers, and he's got pass deflection as well, so good numbers. I think that he's done a lot better job than expected. I don't think anyone actually thought he would be a starter for this team. He's one of their. Uh, he's got 412 defensive snaps this season, which is seventh on the defense and right behind Jordan Jenkins at the outside linebacker position. So he's done a lot better than expected. But this is still a position the Jets need to invest heavily in towards upgrading this offseason because you look at this defense, they still can't create pressure without blitzing, and edge rusher is still a problem with them. And Copeland is one of the starters there, so he's done a nice job. He's worth. Exploring keeping around as a reserve, but still the Jets need to find a major upgrade at that position. So number 18, we got Sam Darnold, 5.6 rating. And I think this might be a little high considering Darnold is the second lowest rated quarterback in the league in terms of quarterback rating ahead of Josh Allen. But uh, in my opinion, I think he's played better than average in five of his nine games. He struggled against Cleveland, struggled against Jacksonville, Minnesota, obviously the last Miami game, but for the most part, I think he's played more good games than bad, even though his bad games have been more destructive than his good games have been good, other than the Colts game, which he is great. But I think this is a fair spot for Darnold. The hot, there's been highs, there's been lows, but right in the middle of the team overall. And also you look at the Buffalo game. The one game Darnold doesn't start is easily by far the most embarrassing performance the team puts out with Josh McCown, a quarterback. So I think 18th is a good spot, not too overrated, not too underrated. He's had some highs, he's had some lows, so it's a fair spot for him. So number 17, Daryl Roberts, 5.69 rating. And Roberts had a rough start to the season as a reserve, but he really caught fire over the past few weeks prior to Tremaine Johnson's return. Uh, Playing with Johnson out starting, he did a really good job. You look at Roberts' numbers on the season. Still three touchdowns and no picks, but it was the stretch against the Vikings and the Bears in which he really caught fire, especially the Vikings game, in which he only gave up three first downs on 16 targets, which is pretty insane for one corner to see that many targets in one game. So he caught fire there, and that definitely helped the team a lot out in that stretch. And I think that the Jets, he didn't play a single snap in this Bills game with Tremaine Johnson back. And to me, I think that's inexcusable. I think going forward... The Jets really need to be honest with themselves and understand that Daryl Roberts has outplayed Tremaine Johnson uh, huge, by a huge margin this year, and they really need to figure out how to where they can get him on the field and just not overplay Johnson because of the money. Obviously, you don't expect them to bench him this early. Uh, he's only played five games. You want to give Johnson a chance to get things going again, but Roberts deserves a shot 
to get on the field somehow. So I definitely like to see him get definitely get on the field for at least one snap, uh, starting with the Patriots game, his former team coming out of the bye. So number 16, Steve McClendon, 5.8 average rating. Uh, McClendon, I think he's had a little bit of a down year compared to last year, but he's still a guy who, even at his age, above 30, he gives you an effort every single snap. He's a great run defender, underrated pass rusher. Uh, not a guy who's going to get sacks or quarterback hits, but he wins his matchups, and he's definitely a great presence up front. Number 15, my guy, Brandon Shell, right tackle, highest-rated offensive lineman. Uh, this is a fair spot for him, I think. Uh, to, I had him. I have him top 10 in my weekly uh, ranking of the top Jets, but this is a fair spot. I think his pass protection has been really solid this year. He's had some down games uh, against Jacksonville, second game against Miami, especially against the Dolphins every year now. Uh, the Dolphins have had his number, but overall his pass protection has been really strong. I think he's a little bit better as a run blocker. He still struggles there quite a bit, but he used to be a complete liability, which I don't think he is anymore. So I think he's improved enough as a run blocker to where you can appreciate his strong pass protection. And I think Shell's only the only player who uh, I think you could be confident in being a piece on this offensive line beyond 2019 and into 2020 going forward, potentially. So number 14 would be Jordan Jenkins, first player with a rating above six. Uh, Jenkins, I think, is he's had an improved season this year in terms of his production. You look at his numbers, uh, he's played 61% of the defensive snaps. Uh, he's already got a career-high five sacks, tied career-high two fumble recoveries, two forced fumbles, uh, nine quarterback hits. That's already tied career-high. Uh, three tackles for loss, which is only two shy of his career high. So the splash production has been there. He's caught fire recently, two and a half sacks over the past couple of games, three quarterback hits, two tackles for loss, eight tackles. Uh, so he's played a lot better recently. I'll get, I think Jenkins has, and what we've seen with Jenkins this year is we've seen some flashes of improved pass rushing. We know that that was never a strength coming in out of Georgia and it hasn't been so far through his first 40 games with the Jets, but we've seen some flashes recently, especially against Miami, against uh, their backup right tackle. We saw a couple of really impressive swim moves off the edge from Jenkins and a few other pressures in addition to his two sacks in that game. So we'll see if that's sustainable from Jenkins, but he's definitely had some flashes this season. And if he can develop into a guy who can put up, and right now he's got five sacks in 10 games, so maybe he finishes with seven, eight. If he can turn into a consistent kind of 7-8 sack guy, then that would be a huge asset for the Jets to have and solve a hole for them without having to go out and fix it in free agency or the draft. So number 13, a guy who's now out for the season. Uh, I have tremendous respect for this guy. Every single Jets fan does. That's Bilal Powell, 6.09 rating. Uh, Powell, I think uh, he drops a little bit because now he's missed some time, but in terms of what he's produced per game for this team, I think he's clearly been their best offensive player. Uh, 453 scrimmage yards is still second most on the team. Uh, 64.7 scrimmage yards per game, which is slightly behind Isaiah Crowell. But Powell, 10 yards per reception this season, 4.3 yards per rush. He's been really efficient. And he's been the same player he's always been. Just going out there, he produ- he's a great pass blocker. Uh, he produces as a receiver. Uh, he's efficient in the run game, even if he's not a huge breakaway guy. But uh, the Jets miss Powell a lot, and but fortunately they do have Elijah McGuire uh, to now give some carries to and see what he can do over the rest of the season. So number 12, Henry Anderson, 6.27 rating. 
Uh, I think he's been their best pass rusher on the defensive line this season. He's created quite a bit of pressure. He's benefited from the tension that Leonard Williams draws. He's been the biggest beneficiary of that this season, I think. Uh, His run defense, questionable sometimes, but the Jets have gotten great value out of Anderson for the seventh-round pick they gave up to the Colts to get him in here in the offseason. Number 11, Quincy Nunma. He's been cold recently. Obviously, he had the midseason injury. Uh, You look at his numbers since the first four games of the season. Uh, Weeks weeks five and six against the Broncos and Colts, nine yards in two games. Then he missed the next two games. Since he's come back, he's got 58 yards on 12 targets in his last two games. So he's cold, but I think what Anunwa brought this team over the first four weeks of the season, in which he was a first down machine, he's still one of the leading yards after catch receivers in the league for the season. Uh, I think Anunwa's still a piece long-term, but health is a serious question with him. As great of a player as he is with the ball in his hands, I think he needs to try and seek out contact a little bit less because He's taking hits like a running back. He he loves to lower his head. He's a contact initiator. He's not look he's less looking to be elusive and more seeking out contact instead of trying to get around it. So I think Anula probably needs to maybe figure out a way to tone that down a little bit for the good of his health because it's clearly becoming a constant issue for him, especially look at how he's played in the past few games since he's come back. Like I mentioned, his efficiency is way down. So Anuma has a ton of talent. He's probably the most talented offensive player the Jets have on this roster, outside of Sam Darnold, of course, uh, on this roster. So, But he's got to learn how to stay healthy, and I think a lot of it is his own doing. So we'll see if these issues continue to be a problem with him. But because of these health issues, wide receiver is now another position the Jets are probably going to have to address going forward. But if he's healthy, Quincy Anuma is still a huge weapon, and we'll see if having the bye week off can maybe help him get a groove going into the second half of the season. So number 10 into the top 10 now, 6.33 rating. Leonard Williams takes the 10th spot. And as I mentioned with with Henry Anderson, I think uh, there's a little bit of legitimacy to Leonard Williams impact uh, in terms of drawing double teams. But the thing with is it's not an excuse for his own lack of production, but it does help a little bit. Uh, I went back and tallied up, the amount of double teams he draws, and he draws between 15 and 20% on average, which would put him about top 15 in the league. And guys like Henry Anderson, other teammates do benefit from that, but still Leonard Williams is having a little bit of a down year in terms of his production, only three sacks. Uh, He does have 12 quarterback hits and eight tackles for loss, but even those are down by his standards. But still, those are pretty good numbers overall. I think Williams is a good player. I I don't think you can argue that he's a good run defender, a solid interior pass rusher, but compared to where the Jets drafted him and where fans have hoped he would go and the hype that came with his selection at number six, I think it's fair to be a little bit disappointed with him and expect a little bit more. So uh, number nine, 6.4 average rating, Darren Lee. Uh, he's been he's had a much improved season. I don't think he's a Pro Bowl level player yet. I think it's questionable as to if he's above average yet. But he's, at least in coverage, which is what's becoming most important in this league, he's been really solid. Over the past few weeks, he's barely even been targeted, and that could be a sign of respect of how efficient he's been in coverage on the season. You'll get Lee's numbers, a 64.6 quarterback rating against 6.2 yards in attempt, only 28% of targets for first downs. Those are phenomenal, phenomenal numbers. So he's improved in coverage. I think in run defense, there are still questions here and there, but 
in today's NFL, if you can be really good in coverage and have some questions and run defense, there is going to be a starting spot for you because this is a passing league and that's what Lee's doing right now. So I think he's been much improved. This is easily his best season so far. And I think he's earned himself a starting spot next season if he can keep it up. Uh, number eight, Morse Claiborne. Um, we've seen over the past few weeks with Claiborne, uh, he's benefited from a lot of opponent mistakes this year. I've tallied him for six plays this season in which he should have allowed a first down or a touchdown, uh, but benefited from a uh, poor throw by the opposing quarterback or a drop, which is twice as many as any other in the team. And over the past few weeks, we've seen him, seen that finally start to catch up with him. He gave up a 43-yard bomb to Robert Foster this past week, the practice squad receiver for the Bills, who toasted Tremaine Johnson. Uh, so things are starting to catch up to Claiborne a little bit, but still I don't think he's had that one game yet where he's been completely picked apart. So that's a positive. I think you look at his overall body of work. You have to appreciate what he's done this season. Uh, he leads the league and passes defended with 13 uh, going into week 11. So uh, I don't think he's been as elite as his numbers would say. Obviously leads the league. And passes defended, and his quarterback ring against is a 59.9. Those are elite numbers. I don't think he's been elite, but he's definitely been solid. And it's going to be interesting to see if the Jets bring him back next season. So number seven, Marcus May. And he missed a few, uh, obviously missed much of the season. Uh, he's only played, I believe, five games this season. So uh, he's come back, though, and played really well. It was rock, a rocky star for him. Uh, would struggle a little bit in his first two games. Wasn't very active. Uh, seemed to make a few mistakes tackling in the open field, but six games back for May. He's only allowed one first down in coverage this year across seven targets, which is phenomenal, and that was a touchdown in his first game, uh, second game back against the Broncos. So he's really settled in and look, it looked improved off where he was last season because as solid as May was in his first season, he quietly finished the season pretty poorly as the Jets were losing a lot of games. It wasn't getting as much attention, but May struggled to to finish the 2017 season. But so far as body work this season, I think is improved off of 2017. So that's a great sign. So number six, highest ranked offensive player by the fans, 6.62 rating would be rookie tight end, Chris Herndon. And uh, I do think this is a little high for Herndon, but still you have to love what Chris Herndon has done for the jets in his rookie season. Uh, He's tied among rookie tight ends for the lead in touchdowns and is second in receiving yards. And right now he's averaging 25.7 25.7 receiving yards a game, 13 and a half yards per reception. And the only other rookie tight ends in this century to average over 13 yards a catch and 25 yards a game are OJ Howard, Hunter Henry, Zach Ertz, Gronk, Vernon Davis, and Antonio Gates. And that is tremendous company. So if Herndon can keep up these numbers, he's got quite the standard to live up to. His pass protection has been good. Uh, I think he can improve as a run blocker, but overall the, Chris Herndon has been a tremendous, tremendous uh, sign for the Jets out of this season. Had he, had he struggled early on, too. He didn't really get going as a receiver until these past few games. Uh, you look at his game-by-game production, and obviously the first Miami game was uh, a really poor outing for him. Took a lot of criticism for a couple of huge drops and obviously uh, failing to score at the end of the first half on that drive in which the Jets ended up with nothing but Herndon over his first five games this year only had 47 receiving yards. And over the past five games, uh, he's racked up 210 receiving yards and three touchdowns. So he's caught fire. He's been one of the top 10 receiving tight ends over the past few weeks. And he's been an extremely positive sign 
for the Jets. So we move into the top five now. We got three special teams players in the top five. At number five, we have Andre Roberts, punt returner and kick returner. He's had a really solid season. Uh, had a couple huge returns early on that he hasn't really hit again this season. But he is still averaging 16.8 yards per punt return, which leads the league. So uh, this is completely unheard of with the Jets. Uh, the Jets are second in the league in special teams DVOA, which is a number from Football Outsiders that uh, sums up efficiency of each team's unit. And so the Jets have one of the best special teams units in the league this year. Roberts is a big part of that. Number four, the fans ranked Lachlan Edwards with a 6.7 rating. Edwards has had a solid season uh, after his rookie season. In his rookie season, he was one of the least effective punters in the league, but took a big step up last season into an average kind of punter. And this season, he's been more of a top 10 kind of level. So obviously, I think Edwards is on the field too much. As much as I like the Aussie, I don't really want to see him out there as much as we do. But he's done a pretty good job this season. Uh, Obviously, it's not ideal for the Jets to have three special teams players uh, as their top five players on the roster, according to the fans. But uh, credit to those guys for helping out special teams this season. Number three, Avery Williamson, 7.28 rating. Uh, He's just been great this season. He's done his job. His coverage has been improved. Great in run defense. He's a playmaker. Uh, He's a piece on this team, hopefully for the entirety of his contract with the Jets. I believe a four-year deal. So we'll see. He's only 26 right now, I believe. So we'll see if Williamson can be a positive piece for the Jets through the entirety of that deal. So moving up into the top two, number two, Jason Myers with uh, average grade of eight. So Jason Myers has been great this season. Um, you look at what he's done in terms of his accuracy combined with his distance, combined with how much he's had to kick the ball for the Jets this season. And Myers has made 2.1 field goals per game this season on a 91% rate from an average distance of 41 yards out. And those are, that's actually pretty unprecedented in this league. Only one other kicker has ever done that. And that's Justin Tucker a couple years ago, a guy who arguably is the greatest kicker in the history of the league. So good company for Myers. We'll see if he can keep that up over the rest of this season and maybe into the future because we see it a lot. And like Chandler Catanzaro last season had a good season for the Jets, was signed with the Buccaneers and he completely busted. They already cut him. So Kicker production is hard to really predict going forward. We see guys have great seasons all the time and then completely fall off the map. So we'll see where Myers fits into the future of the Jets, but he has smashed all expectations after coming in as one of the worst kickers in the league in Jacksonville. I was not a fan of making him the kicker of this team. I wanted Dan Bailey. Uh, I didn't like the idea of going in with Myers, who was, like I said, he was one of the worst kickers in the league in Jacksonville. Couldn't struggled to hit from distance, struggled in the clutch, missed a lot of extra points. Those haven't been issues this season for Meyer. So I don't like a kicker being a number two as the best player on this team. It just is a sign of how bad this roster is, but still credit to Jason Myers. And number one on the list by a wide, wide margin, 8.6 average rating. He took more number. He took more scores of 10 than any other player, more scores of nine than any other player. Jamal Adams, he deserves this spot. I don't think there's any debate. He's been fun op, uh, phenomenal this season. Run defense, great. His coverage, much, much improved. His playmaking, he's he's showed up with a lot more uh, plays, forcing turnovers this season. So I don't think there's any debate with Adams being number one. So with that, there you have it. Uh, the Jets community ranking of the top 39 players 
on the Jets who have contributed so far this season and a lot of interesting places here. So thanks a lot for listening in. I uh, hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, eat a lot of turkey. You don't have to watch the Jets this Thanksgiving. Uh, maybe that'll never happen again considering what happened to them on Thanksgiving a couple years ago. Actually, you know what? I'm really sorry I reminded you of that. Just get that out of your head. I'm really sorry. But Jets and Pats next Sunday. Um, hopefully Sam Darnold will be back. Uh, he hasn't gotten back to practicing yet. Uh, but it seems like he has a pretty decent chance of playing. Uh, we'll stay tuned with that. Hopefully for my sanity, I can watch Sam Darnold. Uh, I don't really want to watch Josh McCown play against the Patriots, considering what just happened against the Bills. Uh, it's already hard enough that we have to watch Todd Bowles. But uh, please, hopefully Sam goes out there and gives me something to actually root for and get excited for against the Pats this Sunday. Thanks to Tom for listening in. Uh, we'll be back talking Jets and Pats, and more Jets overall next week. Enjoy your Thanksgiving weekend. This has been the Gang Green Nation Podcast. Make sure to follow Michael on Twitter at Michael underscore Nanya and keep up with everything Jets at GangGreenNation.com. Hello, I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. We're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? And why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find this anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out.